Amen. And again, happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Just, you know, it's been, I think it's three years ago now, uh, my, my mom went to be with Jesus on Mother's Day. And i uh, tell you what, man, uh, the impact of a mother, I don't think any of you ladies realize the, the impact that you've had on your children and the influence that you have. And we just honor you today, and we just thank you for raising such strong, fine people, right? Human beings that have a right to live. It's because of their mom, okay? Dads, we'll just take the credit. But mom, keep doing a good job, amen? Hey, uh, I want you to open up your Bible. Go to the book of James, and we're going to kind of pick up right where we left off last week. In James chapter 1, starting at verse 2, this verse really, we, you know, we talked about it last week. doesn't really make sense. Consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters, when you're facing the trials. And, and how do you know that you're going to face trials in life? If you're going to do life, you're going to have to face the trial. You can't be running from the trial. You've got to be running to the trial. And the trial, you know, it's interesting to me that God's trying to get you in the same environment that the enemy wants you in, but they, but they both have different outcomes in mind. And God's not trying to lead you around stuff. He's leading you through this stuff. And, and he said, uh, this is the way to joy. You want to have joy, you got you to stop trying to get out of the trial because of something that you know. And you got to keep remembering what you know. Because verse 3 says that we know that perseverance uh, is going to come by the testing of our faith. That when our faith is tested, that's when perseverance shows up. Well, I don't like perseverance. Well, i got to tell you something. I don't either, but every one of us need it because perseverance is the pathway to wholeness. Perseverance is the pathway that leads to a life that's filled to, to, in, in abundance. You know, Jesus came that we might have life in abundance and abundance to the top till it's overflowing. But you can't have that if you don't have perseverance. You have, you have to have that. And to get perseverance, you have to allow your faith to be tested. I wish it wasn't true. And I wish I hadn't preached it last week because of the week that I had following preaching that verse. I wish it wasn't the, the way to get it. I wish the way to, 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 to fullness, I wish the way to maturity was sitting in an easy chair, sitting on a patio, drinking a soft drink or something. But that's not how it works. Look at somebody tell them that ain't how it works. So you know that the testing of your faith produces this. Verse 4 tells us that perseverance, when it's finished, will get you to a place where you're mature, where you're complete, and where you're lacking nothing. Man, I, I think it's just awesome news to know that God wants to lead you to a place where, where there's no voids in your life, where there's no emptiness in your life. Where, where there's, you know, uh, he said in Isaiah, he said, my people can dwell in a peaceful habitation, a secure dwelling, and a quiet resting place. God's plan for your life is not chaos and stress and upheaval. God's plan for your life is an amazing plan where your life is full, where there's nothing missing. When you look around, you might see things that, that you like, but, but you can admire it without having to acquire it. I said, you can admire things without having to acquire things. Trust me, we spent 20 years, almost 20 years in the last house. We just moved. And the process seems, it seems, you know, it seems like it's been going on for months. It's only been a couple of weeks. And, 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 and we have so much stuff. You, you know, 20 years in one house and, and, and uh, got a letter from, the, you know, the storage unit because we had so much stuff that we had to store some of the stuff that we didn't need in a place we couldn't see it. And, and the storage company sent us a letter and said that they were raising the rate. And I said, this is awesome. Let's go get it. And let's just empty out the storage. I'm an idiot. I have boxes of stuff that we've never looked at, you, you know, in, in years. 
I have my stuff, Shelby's stuff, the boy's stuff, friend's stuff, my mom's stuff, my dad's stuff, my sister's stuff. I got everybody's stuff. I'm trying to teach myself to admire it. Don't acquire it. Because let me tell you something. God's going to bless you, and then you're going to have to move it. And according to King James, that sucketh, okay? You, you know, uh, but that perseverance piece, that perseverance piece, man, let me tell you something. Uh, that, that ability to remain unchanged regardless of the situation, regardless of the time, you, wow. You, you, you let that go to work in your life, and when it's, when it's complete, all of a sudden, you know what? You have a life without lack. Matthew 6 says that, uh, you know, if you seek him first, his kingdom, his righteousness, his way of doing things, his way of being right, if you seek that, that he'll add things to your life. That he'll add it. That you, you won't have to fight to get it. He'll just begin to add it. I'm not talking about, you know, having a mindset where you're not going to work hard, but you don't have to work hard to get things. You just work to, to please God. The Bible teaches us to just cheerfully please God, and then he'll add those things to our life. And, and, and then James 1.5, he goes on and says, now here's the deal for you. If any of you lack wisdom, have you ever found yourself in a spot in life when you knew that you were kind of short on godly wisdom? I got five honest people. We're having an altar call for liars in just a minute, and you're all going to be up here. Okay. You've found yourself. How, okay, let me go at it this way. Have you ever reached the end of a thing, looked back and thought to yourself, what was I thinking? Do you know, even though we all do that, that God says you don't have to do that? You could actually reach the end and say, thank God I was thinking right. When we made our choices, made our decisions, thank you, Jesus, for the, for the ability to think correctly. Because if we had been thinking wrong, if we, had, if we had allowed ourselves to think the way that we'd always thought, we would have had a mess on our hands. But God, thank you for teaching us how to think right. You know, the, you can walk in wisdom. You, you know, it, it's kind of a good thing. I think most of us would agree, hey, let's choose wisdom. Let's go after wisdom. And, and, and it's smart, right? Because the opposite of wisdom is stupid. So, you know, I don't want to live stupid. I want to, I want to walk in wisdom. And he said, if you lack wisdom, you should ask God. Look at somebody say, you should ask God. You know, I, I want to encourage you today to be, be selective on who you're getting wisdom from. I said, be selective on who you're getting wisdom from. A lot of times we get wisdom, but it's from the, just the absolute opposite source that we should be turning to. You know, you really, you know, I know everybody's got something they could teach you, but can I just suggest to you that, that you find godly counsel? You know, that you find people who've walked through it and succeeded and, and tap into that wisdom and hear from God. And, and he said, you know, if you're lacking wisdom, which all of us do, he said, you can ask God. He's the source who gives generously. That's the promise. Without finding fault, that's the criteria. That you can ask God for wisdom, and he's going to give it generously. King James, you know, talks, uh, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who giveth liberally. You know, and we think of liberal like, like, like an overabundance of it. I don't necessarily think it's uh, overabundance because of the, of the word. It's, it's actually, uh, it, it's, it's, it's a timing thing. Here's how God gives wisdom, quickly. He doesn't withhold it. He, it's, not, it's not like he's, he won't give it. See, he, it's liberal. It's like, boom, done. He said, he, you know, he said, if any of you, how many of you know that applies to all of you? 
And, well, yeah, but, but, but see, I, I don't even walk with God. It didn't qualify it. Is that, is that too hard for church folk? No, you, ha- you, 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 you have to be holy. Oh, if you would receive wisdom, you'll get holy. But if anyone lacks wisdom, anybody can ask God for wisdom. You know some ungodly people that have some amazing wisdom. Where did that come from? God. Anybody can ask God. And quickly, he's, he's ready to respond without finding fault. Without, you know what that means? That no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter what you said, how you acted, who you hurt, it doesn't disqualify you from the ability to ask God for wisdom. No, that, that is a hand clap moment right there because you know, you know, you, you know, you know what you're thinking. Yeah, but you know, and this is why, this is why God's holding back wisdom because I've asked and, and I haven't heard anything. And let me tell you why it's because, you know, because I've, I've made some big, 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 big mistakes. He said, if anybody asks, I'm going to give it without finding fault, it will be given. It will be given. Well, I'm just waiting to hear. I'm just waiting to hear. What are you waiting on? See, uh, you have to ask in faith. Look at verse 6. You have to ask in faith. You have to, you, you have to you ask. You must believe and not doubt. You, you ask in faith. Faith is not just the ability to believe regardless of circumstance. It's the ability to obey regardless of consequence. See, uh, you have to be prepared to respond when you're asking God for wisdom. So when, hey God, what should I do? Boom, he's going to tell you, and then you got to do it. Yeah, it reminds me of a day that, uh, you know, be, way before we were in this building, and, uh, uh, and I was walking across the back and sat down at the patio out there. Uh, the building was empty, and I'm having a cup of coffee, and, and, and the patio, you know, you should see the drawings that we had had architects draw of the building that we were one day intending to build. That, that it was just, it was years away, but, I was, but this, this patio space is in all of our drawings, and, and I, I wandered behind the building and sat down to have a cup of coffee and pray, and and I, and I was talking to God, and I said, God, when we build our building, this patio would be awesome. And I heard God say, that, don't ask me for the patio, ask me for the building. Forty-five minutes later, I had a couple of the key guys and, and a real estate guy, and, and, and we were walking through the building. And I had, to, I, had to, I had to go quick because, I, you know, in reality, if I waited too long, I would have talked myself out of it. Because it's impossible. There's no way. This isn't going to work. And this is not designed. You know, you've had those combos. And he said, you have to, you have to believe and not doubt. Because, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. Verse 7, verse 7 goes on and says, that person shouldn't expect to receive anything. See, when, you, when you're asking with doubt in your life, doubt in your heart, when, when, when that's part of your character, your nature, it, 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 it prohibits you from actually hearing the wisdom of God. 
The, uh, I, I want to prepare you to hear godly wisdom, and I, I, I want to help you today as you, you know, launch out into life, that, that you get ready to allow God to direct your steps, because if anyone asks wisdom from God, he quickly responds, and he gives it. But you can't have, see, doubt, doubt is, is, is like the killer to your ability to hear God. Now, there's a lot of things in life, you know, let, let's just call them landmines. That you're just going through life and stuff just it blows up, totally out of your control, nothing you could do about it, wasn't your issue. And, and most of the time, we like, to, we like to trace our shortcomings, our failures, the falls, we trace them back to a landmine. And we say, well, this occurred in my life. See, the reason this took place is because that happened. See, and anytime you're saying this is because of that, it's because you're not proud that this is part of who you are. So you're blaming that. Ain't my fault. Devil made me do it. You know, it, it, it was the kids. If the kids, if the kids had disobeyed, uh, uh, that wouldn't have happened. And, uh, okay, landmines, you can't do anything about it. Let me tell you what you can do something about. The grenades, you pull the pin on yourself. Okay, there are some things in your life that, that, that you can blow yourself up with. See, I don't believe that any landmine in life can prevent the purpose and plan of God from unfolding. But I believe that you can blow yourself up with a grenade and never see the fulfillment of God's purpose. So what I want to say to you today is don't pull the pen. Don't pull the pen. Look at somebody, say it to him. Say it with gusto. Say, do not pull that pin. Look the other way and tell them, don't pull the pin. Okay? Because it, it, it'll blow up and it'll hurt you. And, and, and see, see, wisdom, wisdom is from God. It doesn't necessarily give you the ability to, to fight the battle that's going on outside. But wisdom from God gives you the ability to win the battle that's going on on the inside. And when you win on the inside, trust me, you're going to win on the outside. And so what, what we got to do is we got we, we, we to protect our inner man and not pull that, not pull that pin. And see, and, and he said right here in the scripture, he said, you know, that doubt, doubt is, is going to make it so that you can't receive anything. You got God who's wanting to give you wisdom. Why can't I hear God? Because you got so much doubt in your life. Man, doubt is a major part of all of our lives, and we need, to, we need to recognize it, and we need to drive it out. See, here's the thing. It's not all doubt is necessarily evil, but uh, it was somebody at some point doubted that the world was flat, and so it drove them to go in pursuit to find out the truth and find wisdom, and then we found out that the world is round, and it made travel a lot easier. Uh, somebody doubted that uh, man could fly, and, 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 but somebody else doubted that that was the truth. And so it, put, it drove them, and, and they, you know, and, and you know those brothers, man, they, they got us up in, in the air. See, some of you right here in this room today, you, you kind of doubt the existence of God. You doubt, you know, you doubt all kinds of things about God. But if it drives you to pursue the truth regarding God, then that doubt, that, that doubt's not evil. Because you're going to find out that God is a good God, that no word from God will ever fail. You're going to find out that God really is on my side, that no, you'll find out that it's true, that no weapon formed against me can prosper, and every tongue that rises against me I can condemn because this is the heritage of the children of the living God. And, 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 and there are things about doubt. Here's the problem with doubt, though, is that when you know God, when you know God's presence, 
When you know God's power, when you know God's word, when you know God's provision, when you know God's heart, when you know God's character, when, when you know God's strength and God's ability, and when, when, you know, when you know all about God, but you still doubt him, you can't receive wisdom from God. See, that doubt, that doubt's taking you out. That grenade blows, you do that yourself. Because, because you've allowed doubt to come into your life. And that doubt grenade, man, you got to deal with that. You, because you, you know, it's like, it's like you know that the testing of your faith is going to produce perseverance. But, but I, I, don't, I don't like the testing of my faith. So you try to work your way around it. Why? Because you, you, you doubt that God's way really is the best way. See, you're in pursuit of ful- fulfilling your dream your way. Why? Because you doubt that God's way is actually better. See, you, you doubt God. Why would I walk in obedience to God? I, I doubt if it'll work. Doubt's a big part of our life that we got to drive out. And see, doubt, doubt reaches over and joins hands with its ugly cousin, fear. Have you ever noticed that doubt and fear go, go kind of show up together? And, and, and fear, one of the things you got to understand about fear is that fear is actually a choice. You know, these babies we dedicated, they only have two natural fears. Where are they? Huh? Falling and loud noises. That's it. All other fear is learned fear. No, no, I have a fear of spiders. No, you have a fear of death. This spider's going to kill you. Step on it. Some of y'all have a fear of chihuahuas. God, I wish I had time. Okay. See, the thing you choose to fear is the thing that suddenly has the power to set the borders and the boundaries of your life. If you're afraid of the dark, you live with a lot of lights on. Why? Because darkness sets the boundaries. If you, if, if, if you have a fear of people, you live in isolation, seclusion. No, I just think people, no, you're just afraid. You're afraid of being wounded or be afraid of being disappointed, but it's really just a fear of people. And now that fear sets the boundaries of your life. If you have a fear of the future, you will live in the past. You will live in the past. Why? Because that fear sets the boundaries of your life. Do you know that, that fear, fear determines what's going to set the boundaries of your life? That, that's why in the, do you know the Bible says at the beginning of wisdom, is the fear of the Lord. It's the fear of the Lord. Yet, here we are in a culture and a society that's trying to do everything we can to eradicate the fear of the Lord. Well, that just means to kind of be respectful. No, I think, you know what? I I grew up in church, and and, and, and back in the day, they used to teach us the fear of the Lord. And there were things, there were things that I saw people doing that it would... I thought, oh my God. You know, they're dead. You know, but what, what did that do? Well, it allowed God to set the boundaries of my life. See, you need, you need a healthy fear of the Lord. I said, you need a healthy fear of the Lord. 
I think you should be afraid of disappointing God. I think you should be afraid of missing the purpose of God. I think that you should be afraid of, of taking the position of God. Well, he hadn't struck me down yet. No, you did that yourself. Why? Because of doubt. I doubt that God, I, I doubt that that's true. And, 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 and the lack of fear or the presence of a fear that's manipulating and controlling your life. You know, you, 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 you have doubt in your life, which opens the door to, to fear. And, and, and you want to know, you know, they got, they got a stupid little tag-along friend that comes and shows up and, and, and just turns out to be part of the party. And, and his name is Greed. And that's, that's a grenade. That's a grenade that you pull the pin on way too often. See, well, I, I'm not, nobody really gets up in the morning, looks in the mirror and goes, dude, you're greedy today. You know, you, you, you're just super, super greedy. You know, uh, you, you need to chill a little bit. No, we, we, we look at ourselves and we call ourselves uh, like uh, prudent. We're just gathering and keeping and walking. We call it wisdom when it's greed. See, greed, greed manifests anytime you want something before God has the opportunity to design it into your life. Greed is when you go out to, you, you know, uh, let's, let's look at the Bible for just a minute uh, before, before, because I don't, I don't want you thinking like this is just my opinion. Um, see, there was a smart guy. He was one of the smartest guys ever. His name is Solomon, and he wrote in, in, in uh, Ecclesiastes, right, chapter 7. He, he, wrote, he wrote that uh, he, he wanted to search out wisdom, and, and, and he said, this is the smartest guy ever, and he said, I am determined to be wise. Anybody in here determined to be wise? And he said, but this was way beyond me. And I got to tell you something, reading that made me feel a little better, that even the smart guy, this was way beyond him. But verse 24 says, uh, whatever exists is far off and most profound. Who can, who can discover this stuff? But I did set out, verse 25, so I set out to, to, uh, to turn my mind to understand, to investigate and search out wisdom and the scheme of things and to understand the stupidity of wickedness and the madness of folly. See, he's talking about the same stuff we're talking about. He, he called it the stupidity of wickedness. The greed, greed is like the stupidity of wickedness. The stupidity, you know, it's just fun to say that phrase, the stupidity of wickedness. It's kind of like the superfluity of naughtiness. It just rolls off your tongue. The stupidity of wickedness. Here's the deal is, that, you know, you don't look in the mirror and say, I'm greedy. Nobody likes to say, I'm wicked. Matter of fact, we're so, we're so you know, uh, trying to disconnect from wickedness that we turn wicked into a cool word. Oh, that car is wicked. That house is wicked. You don't want to be wicked. Okay? You don't want to be comfortable with wickedness. The opposite of wickedness is righteousness. I'm supposed to be seeking his righteousness, not trying to be a wicked. And, and, and see, we don't label ourselves as wicked, but maybe you can handle it, because I doubt I'd get a great response if I said, how many of you in the last seven days have done several things that were wicked? Very few people would actually lift their hand. How many of you in the last seven days have done a couple of things that were just stupid? 
We've got a lot better response, right? Stupidity, we can wrap our brain around. And it's the stupidity of wickedness. See, when you let greed show up in your life, that's the stupidity of wickedness. Because you think that you can go out and, and, and the madness of folly. Think about the pressure. Think about the pace of life. Think about the endeavor. For all of us that are engaged in it, trying to accumulate, 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 accumulate all the things that God promised to bring us. See, God said, seek me, seek me, and I'll start adding to your life. I'll start increasing you. My plan is to prosper you, not to harm you. Come after me, and I'll pour it in to the top, overflowing. You won't be able to contain it, but you and I, we allow greed. See, we pull the pen on greed, and we go after everything we can get. Because we doubt that if we did what God said, he'd give us what we want. I think he said that he would give you the desires of your heart. But we doubt that to the point that we try to spiritualize it and say, well, that, you know, the brother, that's really not what he's speaking of. Why? Because you doubt that he actually would do that. You're afraid that if you trusted God, you'd miss out. So you pull the pen on doubt. You pull the pen on fear. You pull the pin on greed. Let me tell you something. On your very, 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 very best day. Between you and God, you're the wrong choice. Some of us are pretty good at this thing, though. Because we've worked hard and we've got, we, we've got skill, we've got talent, we can accumulate and we can make it look awesome. And we can even call it the blessing of the Lord. But if it wasn't God inspired, it still doesn't satisfy. See, that's what he said man doesn't live by bread alone. When Jesus was tempted to turn stones into bread, he said, I could eat every stone out there, I could turn every stone into bread. But if it's not God's plan, God's desire, and God's design, it won't bring fulfillment to my life. See, greed gets you to, to try to take the position of God so that you can go out there and get. And, and, and then, then you'll hit a landmine and you'll turn and you'll say, man, I can't believe it. God, what is wrong? God, why can't I hear you? God, where's the direction for my life? God, this isn't working. I've worked so hard to get this. There's your problem. So you, took his, you took his role. You, you, you didn't hear God. Because of the doubt, the fear, the greed, you couldn't hear God. Since you couldn't hear God, you couldn't obey God. Since you couldn't obey God, you didn't have the opportunity to trust God. So you had to step up and be God. You're not good at it. You can have a moment. See, if, if you're not careful, you'll pull the pins. You, you, doubt, and fear, and greed. And you know what's coming next? You got another grenade. It's called anger. It's called anger. It, not all anger is bad. You know, I, I asked several people this week, good or bad, rattle off several things, threw in anger. Almost everybody said anger, bad, anger, bad, anger, bad. Not all anger is bad. Matter of fact, the Bible says, be angry and sin not. 
This is going to be the one line that, m- that many of you will, will, will remember all, all your life. Be angry. The Bible says be angry. This is the most obedient to any verse some of you have ever been. Man, I got this one down. Be, be angry. That's me, God. But then he throws in and sin not. See, here's the deal. How do I know if, if anger is the stupidity of wickedness or the righteousness of God? Well, the stupidity of wickedness, anger, will create a reaction. Something will happen and you will react to it. But righteous anger... It's not a reaction, it's an action. See, you should be angry about injustice. You should be angry about little kids in our own community going home from school with no food to eat over the weekend. You should be angry about people abusing uh, uh, people sexually and mentally and physically and financially. You should be angry. You should be angry that our community is on their way to hell and nobody seems to care. You should be angry that the, 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 the destruction of a biblical-based family is, is, is being brought, that there's an onslaught by the devil himself against the, the, the Bible-believing family. That should make you angry and you should do something about it. But this other anger, where you're reacting, is a bomb, and it keeps you from hearing God. And and he said, he said, here's the deal, here's the deal, man, is that if you you need wisdom, you can ask of God who is ready to respond, and he won't hold any of these things against you. But you're going to have to deal with those Grenades. So you can't have that doubt. Proverbs 19, 11 says that a person's wisdom yields patience. And it's to one's glory to overlook an offense. A person's wisdom, a person's wisdom produces the ability to remain unchanged regardless of the situation. That's what patience is. The ability to remain unchanged regardless of time. The, the, a person's wisdom will allow you to just, to, to just, okay, but God said, see, I know, I know God. I know the character of God. I know the presence of God. And, and, and I know the Word of God. So I'm not going to doubt God. I'm just going to persevere. Because I know that if I persevere, it's going to lead me to the place where I'm not lacking the thing that's been ripped from my grip. A person's wisdom yields patience, and it's to one's glory. That means it's, it's your strength to, to overlook an offense. And, 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 and you know what? Forgiveness, forgiveness is a very powerful tool. And, and, and you just need to learn to walk in forgiveness. But today, I'm not really talking about towards others, even though that's obvious that we, that's, the, that's the way of a believer. We walk in instant forgiveness. But some of y'all, because of the, what was I thinking, moments in, you, in your life, because, because at the end of the day, you're going, Dang it, I did it again. Oh, I can't. The very thing I said I'd never do, I did it three times today. Well, you need to overlook your offense too. See, it's your strength. It's your strength to overlook that and say, you know what? Because God said he'd give me wisdom without finding I, I, don't, I don't have to judge myself. I just have to prepare myself to obey, which means I might have to admit I've been wrong. You might have to admit that you've been wrong. I know that's hard for us. 
because there's things that we believed and stood on and proclaimed and preached and prophesied and beaten to our children. We've done everything that we can. And then you spend time with people of wisdom, people who have achieved, people who are overcomers, and you find out I was wrong. Would it not be refreshing to find a politician who said, I ran on all of these things, but then after being around thousands of people, I've learned some things I didn't know before. I was wrong, so now this is the way we're going to do it. Would that not just be refreshing? Wouldn't it be refreshing in your life if you could say, you know what? I've lived a certain way, but now the Word of God is beginning to shine a light. And I realize I've been wrong. So I'm going to let that anger go. I'm going to deal with that greed. Fear is not going to set the boundaries of my life. It's going to be the fear of God that sets the boundaries of my life. And I'm not going to doubt God. I'm going to trust God. I'm not going to lean to my own understanding, but I'm going to acknowledge Him in all my ways and allow Him to direct my path so that I can freely, quickly hear God so that I can quickly respond to God. Because that's the life that God wants to lead us into. That's the place where God wants to take us because that's what empowers us no matter what we're facing to, to, to anticipate great joy. See, it, it, when, when he started off there and he said, count it, pure joy, not any joy. We're talking pure, unadulterated, joy unspeakable, full of glory, no matter what the trial looks like, because you know that as your faith is tested, perseverance is going to come up and it's going to get strong. Perseverance, when it's finished, is going to cause you to be complete, and you're going to be able to, even in the moments you don't know what's happening, be able to say to God, what should I do? Boom! He's going to tell you, and you can obey him, and you will reach the that he declared for you at the beginning regardless of what took place in the middle that is what we ought to be celebrating today I want, I, I want us to put our stuff down I want you to close your eyes we need to start here see we're, gonna, we're, we're all going to pray together I'm not going to embarrass anybody I'm not going to call anybody out but if you're here today you say you know what Tom you know what pastor I'm going to make this prayer my prayer because I, I've, been living, I've been living life my way. I understand today, man, the light is shining into the dark places. I see the areas of doubt. I see where I've been doubting God and I didn't even realize it. I see where anger has, has, has controlled me. I, I, see where, I see where fear has, has pushed me away. I, God, this greed. And, and I know what I need to do. I need to let God have my life. If that's you today, as we all pray this prayer, you know, whether you prayed the sinner's prayer a thousand times or never even heard of it, that's not the point. The point is today, I'm, I'm, letting, I'm letting the Lord get up on the throne of my life. I'm making this prayer my prayer. If that's you, while no one's looking, just hold your hand up so I can agree with you. Thank you, 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 thank you. You can put them down. You can put them down, man. I, I, I'm just excited because I'm telling you, man, it, it's going to blow your mind how quickly wisdom will come going to blow your mind how, 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 how excited God is to be a part of every day of our lives. Just pray this. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I know I need your love. I know I, I need your acceptance. I know I need forgiveness. So I receive it today. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. Now, now give me vision. Give me insight. Give me strength. Because I'm going to live for you 100%. Starting right now, I am yours, and you are mine. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Come on, give him one more big loud praise.